uh, I was talking to my dad. Uh, I couldn't tell you how long ago. And he was telling me, he's like, you know, you need to talk to your brother. Your brother's really upset that you left. And I was like, why would he be upset that I left? You know, like to me, I was like, right. this makes absolutely no sense. So then we, I ended up calling him and we figured it all out. And he's like, yeah, I just felt like you abandoned me. And I was like, that had not like it wasn't had nothing to do with you guys. Right. It had nothing to do with family. There, that's not why I left. I left because I had an opportunity to get out. I had an opportunity to go, you know, learn for myself and grow as a man on my own. And I took that opportunity. Knock him out the box, Rick. Knock him out, Rick. Knock him out the box. Today, I have the amazing opportunity to sit with my DP Smurf videographer producer of the podcast. Josh DP Smurf Price and his probably slightly better looking, although both are extremely good looking <laughs> brothers, uh, brother Austin Price, who's in the U.S. Air Force. Yes, and we'll get into that because I really don't know your story fully and I like it that way because we can get into it. And I, I want you to tell your story. That's like kind of I think the thing I really love the most about this. I've talked to Josh, obviously, but together, I think it's going to be like a unique, a unique uh, blend, blended story. Plus, to be like just upfront and like transparent, right? Like you guys have been through like a pretty traumatic event with your dad passing, what, less than two weeks ago? Yeah. So like, you know, and I've had, you know, my mom's passed. My mom passed suddenly, like I told you, at 54, which is around the same age, I think. Yeah. He's you were about 53, the same age, right? Uh, 52. 52. Yeah. Um, so I was just telling you guys before this, like, man, like it would have been interesting to have given my point of view at the time, especially since not everyone deals with it as well as you guys are, even though it's super hard. So I'm like excited for what this could be in terms of like maybe helping other people. Because unfortunately in this game, we all we all got to go at some time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just a matter of time. But then how you deal with it is really the key because it's going to happen. Yeah. So like I always like I've like really grown from each death I've experienced. But it's been definitely like a long journey for me. When my, when my mom passed, I was 25. Same age as you guys. Didn't really understand life. Devastated, man. And yeah. it helped me in a lot of ways because it made me look at my own life and appreciate things in a different way. So there's a lot of positive you get from it, which takes years and years to attain in order to get back the, what you lost, yeah. you know, or to even be in the same ballpark. So that being said, and not to get overly emotional, like, tell me your story. Like, what's your story? Well, what do you want to know? First of all, I want to know what's your story? Like, what, whatever that means to you. Like, who are you first? And then I think we could get into whatever you guys are struggling through now that might be helpful to others. I think, to me, everybody goes through multiple stories in their life. So Absolutely. right now, the story I'm going through is the military and, yeah. and how I'm finding my way through what I want to do. Yeah. So right now, I've been in for about four and a half years. Uh, just recently went started going back to college. I'm working on getting my associates for aircraft maintenance and then me transfer all my credits into a bachelor's for cybersecurity. I have a big end goal, but I'm striving towards it. I want to work for the NSA one day. So doing what? Cybersecurity work. Like, anything I can get my hands okay. on. So specific type work or just anything within that just space? Anything within that space. Why do you love it? Just curious. I've, so I've always been into 
computers and technology. Okay. So like I've built my computer. I built Josh's for him. Uh, just anything. My sons, I think you've I've helped, helped out, build yeah. like but, remotely. Yeah. But like anything I could just tinker with or get my hands on is, is always good for me. Like I, uh, I'm a maintainer, so I'm a mechanic on aircraft. So me tinkering and messing with my hands always just helps me get through whatever I need to, honestly. Dude, Josh is like looking at me like, I know what you're like. I love hearing that because, yeah. you know, most of us aren't doing what we love. And the Air Force actually served you very well. Yeah, and you it, probably it was probably a win win. Like you probably gave them a lot, but they also like it was the right thing for you versus, hey, don't just go because somebody pushed you into it. Like, yeah you got to get your hands on some things, man. And got you got to do what you love anyway, just within that organization, which helped pay for your schooling and all these other things. So yeah. uh, how did you figure out that path? Um, so Were when you my forced into it? Did you know that's what I want to do? What was the I don't believe the... I was forced into it. I know Josh <laughs> has different views on it, but... Um, Maybe he doesn't... That's not the path for him, I yeah, think. I don't, I don't sometimes think sometimes we we... we you know, project, as they say, onto others what we might be afraid of or thinking. Yeah. Because you guys are so alike. Age, you know, eye color, you know, success with the ladies, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think I think when my dad married my stepmom and she moved in and we all were living together, we I, I learned that she was Air Force. So she did her time and got out. So she told me all the benefits and she was talking to me about it. And my dad was like, I think it's a great road for you. You know, I was never smart in school. I actually almost flunked out of eighth grade. So I was like, you know, it's true. I mean, maybe down the road I'll go back. But uh, I went to go see a recruiter, did the whole MEPS thing and, and got in. And then after basic training in tech school, they were like, you're going to South Korea. Always wanted to leave the country. Always. Just like, see different stuff you know so like hearing about her experiences actually helped me get on my path and i've i've if you talk to me when i was in korea i hated it absolutely hated it i mean i was so far away from family and family is really big to me so like talking to them was hard but when you're out there with nobody no everybody's out there with nobody so you tend to make your own family so it ended up getting a lot better for me Looking back on it, I, I loved it. I loved every minute of being there. I actually yeah. It took you a while to realize it, but you were learning from all those other people, forced to learn the language probably because now you got to get out there and meet new friends that don't maybe speak English. And yeah, yeah, it just opened up your mind. You didn't realize that at first because you're like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah, but then, culture shock and everything. Right, you know? that's uh, important. Yeah. Especially at 19 years old. Right, to a, don't, get, don't let the culture shock scare you from what the opportunity mm -hmm. that it might be. Yeah. Is like a good lesson there. Yeah. But you're like a cybersecurity computer smurf that like almost failed out of like regular school. Yeah. So that's like a lesson for other, you know, potential like flunkies out there that may not be such a flunky. They yeah. just may not be like yeah, learning I mean, the things that excite them. So were you flunking out because you think you weren't smart enough or you just weren't into school? And I wasn't into school okay. at all. Okay. I, See, I didn't apply that's a, myself. Yeah. It's not like you were like, I don't get two plus five. Yeah. It wasn't that. You no. just just couldn't make yourself pay attention. It wasn't engaging. Whereas when you were in the military, was it more engaging for you? Like the like learning or, or? Oh, yeah. So like, I mean, you go through all your fundamentals and book stuff and, and that's terrible because it's just so cut and dry. And yeah. 
it's hard to pay attention and study and and you go through like three for me it was like three lessons like three big block lessons in three months yeah so you gotta study every day and i hate studying so doing different stuff and, and forcing myself was hard but once i got to korea and i was actually able to put my hands on it and learn how this works by visually seeing it i'm a visual learner i need to see how it's done help me out a bunch so nice so how did you get to that point of going like going back to that what do you mean like you 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 i guess got interested in it through your mom initially and then you always had did you always know you're going to do something in computers and you wanted to go international and so you followed that or was so, it more like a fluke that it happened so about my sophomore year my dad helped build helped me build a computer for myself and then i mean like sophomore year I was probably like 14, 15 years old. I started streaming. I'd say I did decently well for the time it was. Um, How big did you get? I had over a thousand followers. Okay. And I made a, good. made a couple hundred dollars off of it. Nice. But I didn't stick to it. Yeah. And, you know, at the time it was, I want to go, you know, I got my license now. I'm going to go hang out with friends. I'm going to go party and, right. and do normal teenage stuff. So I didn't, if I stuck with it, you know, probably be in a different spot. Yeah, but, but it wasn't really maybe your passion? Not at the time, no. I mean, it was fun. I met a lot of cool people sure. online, but... Yeah, but cybersecurity is more exciting for you. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that's important. So, yeah. So there's when, a reason you didn't stick with it is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. it's okay if you don't stick to something. Don't feel bad. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you made a mistake. That just means maybe it wasn't... It was close to your bag, but it wasn't. It was a stepping stone to your bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean with knowing what my stepmom went through in the military i didn't really i mean like we talked about it here and there when like when i was younger and then when it finally came i was graduating i needed to figure out what i was doing we sat down and we talked about pros and cons of everything and how beneficial it could be and then how it couldn't be so i i didn't think going to college and being in debt because i didn't come from a wealthy family so like it wasn't the best idea for me when I could serve four, six years, get my college paid for and have degrees right out of the start and learn different trades. So I, I was like, I, I just went for it. I just signed up, shipped off to South Korea for two years. Wow. How was that? How was that day that you shipped off? It was hard, um, but it was exciting at the same time. I was ready to see what the world had for me, even though it meant leaving my family behind. Yeah. Because I, when, when it Josh. It seems surreal. Like, it's like you see, you see so many movies with military. Mm -hmm. So I'm just picturing, like, even if it's your dream to actually be standing, like, on the other side in gear and all that, it's like, wow, that must be a surreal experience. Yeah. I mean, were you scared? that something bad would happen or you weren't really thinking no, about that i didn't think about it i just thought like this is this is a new start for me like i'm not gonna be at home i could you know i could have been at home doing drugs or drinking myself or partying too much and not getting anywhere with my life was that ever like an influence for you not an influence but definitely a thought yeah because i've seen what people I went to high school with, that's what they were doing. Yeah. Not everybody, but you know, select few. And I was like, that's not for me. Yeah. I don't want to just do all that for the rest of my life and right. live with my parents. So actually a couple months after I turned 18, I, I shipped out and it was, uh, 
one of the best decisions of my life. So how was uh, your relationship growing up, you and Josh? Oh, we were close. Very. How far apart are you guys? I'm two 24. Years. He's 20. He's about to be 23. Yeah. So about Next two month. years, a year and yeah. a half. Yeah. yeah. So Do you, who feels like the older brother? Who Definitely. seems like the, who acts like the older brother? Definitely. Definitely. You do. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Always was. Uh, yeah. Some At times. Yeah. At times. So. I mean, it was like, so growing up, obviously i always had the upper hand on things i'm bigger than he is i'm a lot taller than he is i got into skateboarding first then he wanted to do skateboarding i wrestled first so he wanted to wrestle so it was always like i had you know my little brother under my wing throughout everything and it was really cool but um and then like i was saying like my senior like my junior year senior year we kind of like drifted apart he got his own friend group we went to the same high schools but he had his own friends i had my own friends you were two grades apart one, one grade. One grade. Oh, so okay. I was a senior. He was a junior. Yeah. Okay. And, um, but yeah, so we like kind of drifted apart, but then we ended up finding out that we were kind of doing the same exact things with different friend groups. We, I obviously got along with his friends. He got along well with my friends, but it wasn't like, uh, you're in a group kind of right. stuff like that. So, right. And you know, once well, you, cause you don't hang out with your brother. Right. Yeah. It's weird. Right. It's kind of like, that's kind of odd, but we did wrestle. Yeah. And for a little bit of time, we were actually coaching little kids how to wrestle. And that was something we did together. And when we got into wrestling, I think it was like my sophomore year. It was big on us. Um, we were wrestling year round, like club soccer kind of deal, right. but like for wrestling. And, and you guys were both on the wrestling team. Yeah. It's just we both know who got, who achieved more. Yeah. And they'll probably, that guy will probably say it, I'm sure, oh, in he, a second. He won't ever li let me live it down. He's still living his <laughs> senior year. Hey, you still Dude, placed. Would... You still placed. <laughs> just not as high as I did. <laughs> But, um, you got like a sportsmanship award. <laughs> I got fifth. <laughs> you placed twice in the state, right? Yeah. I placed twice in the state. Dude, that's that's a got... huge accomplishment that obviously is overshadowed by the state championship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, man. I'm a state champ. <laughs> but if he hadn't won the state championship, dude, fucking placed in the states twice. Wow. What an <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's cool. So like, like I said, he's he like, has the longer arms. So he had that like. And I'm taller. Unexpected ability to like wrap around somebody. Yeah. Right, right. You know he what I was, mean? But we were both varsity um, for two years straight. That's cool. Um, what an experience, man. And we wrestled du dual team states. And, you know, he, he'll he tell me, he'll say this all the time because <laughs> I'm a state champ. But he's got the front page of the newspaper more times than I have. Yeah. For fist fights? No. no. <laughs> for wrestling. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Why? Just better. better. He you, you just look yeah. better. I, I all the upsets. Yeah. I thought it was like, just, so, just got a better shot. I think like, his too. junior year, he, uh, one of our dual matches, he wrestled the number one seed in the state of Delaware and smoked him. Damn. Yeah. Destroyed him. So you were like, what well, we had, we had the, the, the microwave. What's his name? Uh, in basketball. Vinny. Yeah. Vinny. Vinny. The microwave. Yeah, Johnson. Johnson. He would be hot and cold. God. Like he can come out and just smoke you one night and put up 40. And then he's like a 10 point a game kind of guy, but yeah. you know, he's a team player. Right. But right. when he gets hot, <laughs> right. it's over. Like yeah. you may lose that day. But so, yeah. yeah and then uh, you need those guys too. Like if you have definitely. two of those guys on your team on certain nights, someone's off, you go, Vinny, uh oh, the microwave's coming in. Let's well, see if he's hot. We had four <laughs> of us that were never off. And he would heat up really quick. <laughs> He would heat up really quick, like a microwave. Uh, yeah, makes like sense. he didn't. He just get in the game, and then it's instant points. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but so then uh, my senior year hit, and you know, similar situation. My dad kind of was like, "Military, military, military." So I actually went into the delayed entry program, which uh, 
you're still in school, you swear in, you go to MEPS, you do the whole nine yards. And then once you turn 18 and graduate, off to basic training. And uh, before I had the chance to turn 18 and graduate, I was like, yeah, I don't think this is for me. So I asked for um, uh, discharged and I got discharged from the military. And then a couple months later, my buddy was telling me that he was moving to Los Angeles. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to be a pro skateboarder. So I moved out here uh, in September of 2015. Yeah. Two months after I graduated high school. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we've talked about this before, but there's a little bit of resentment. Malice. Yeah. Animosity towards yeah. me for doing so. From and the family? From well, me. Well, from the family from and from my siblings. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because like I said, we were close growing yeah. up. There why was is that? Really a why, why did you feel that? It's okay that you felt it, but yeah, like, yeah. why? I'm uh, curious. Because he left. So we're the only sons of the family. And uh, he was like the only one I got along with. My younger sisters, she had her own friend group. She's doing her own thing. And then our older siblings don't li live with us, haven't lived with us. So it was like all I had was him. So until he right. when he just jetted out, I was like, well, now I'm alone. Got this it. is all your fault right. that I feel like this. You were sad because yeah. you lost. You were afraid you lost something really special. Yeah. You wish you would have hung out in high school more, huh? No. We just don't. We hung out a lot, dude. Like even though we had our own friends, but it's like. We skateboarded together yeah. when we had downtime. We were wrestling year round. We wrestled for school. We would drive to school yeah. every day together, that kind of stuff. So it was like we never yeah. didn't. It's like there wasn't really a point where we never saw each other. But it was like I also ended up getting a job before he did. So I was working sometimes. I got friends. I was like, oh, there's a party night. And he'd be like, can I come? And I'm like, eh, nah, like that kind of stuff. Because like I don't want my little brother being around drinking and smoking weed when you're 17 years old like i'm 17 right so he's like 15 16 it's like i don't want him around that that kind of stuff so delaware is definitely a black hole interesting so if you don't if you don't leave when you have the chance you're gonna be stuck there forever wow yeah. you're gonna be popular when you go back <laughs> well, it's like a lot of our, i don't talk to a lot delaware of is yeah, a black we hole we don't talk to a lot of people that we like grew up with anymore yeah. because yeah. it's like we, wow. we've obviously can we resurrect delaware is there any hope for delaware no. joe biden tried no <laughs> Shit, man, I feel bad. <laughs> is that the case? There's no, there's always hope. You're just it's saying it's worse. Unlikely. There's a lot of heroin. <laughs> heroin. Yeah. yeah. yeah what is the problem? What's the root cause of this black hole that Delaware has become? Well, it's like in your opinion. living there is so cheap. The standard of living is a lot lower. The is it kind of like a Detroit a situation lower. right now? It's like what? Like a Detroit situation? No, it's, it's not just, a city though. No, I understand. Okay. But in terms of the environment. I've never I don't really Detroit, know much about. So, uh, well, Detroit's like you know, it's it's crime is out of control. Oh there, yeah, there's no jobs. Yeah. Housing is like dirt cheap. You can buy like yeah, and there's no sales tax for three thousand dollars in some neighborhoods. You can buy a house right. Yeah. No and, and like I said, live. there's no sales tax, so it's like you when we go back home, we usually buy stuff because you don't have to pay extra for it. Like here, it's like what nine ten percent. Right yeah. back there, there's zero. So you know, but. Wilmington, the only city that is in Delaware, it's like right, it's like the little brother of Philly it's location. It's the second rated uh, wow. city for the crime in America. So you felt like your brother kind of abandoned you in this black hole. Yeah. I, and I, I can understand that. Yeah. <clears throat> By the way, if I can give you some unsolicited advice, because I've seen how like in my family, my dad and his sister really loved each other right but because of pride or whatever didn't take the opportunities to live in the same place 
Like we had opportunities to both live in Boston or LA and they're like, well, I'm not going to, you know, and you're not going to. So they just, and, and I think they always regretted it, but they never would admit it because of this pride thing. Yeah. And I can see you guys are very synergistic and it's, it's kind of rare to have a like compatible brotherly relationship, like actual blood brother relationship yeah. that is someone that actually is the maybe somebody in your top three that you would hang out with like i'd say that like meaning most people have like uh, you could have a brother or sister you love but you're not necessarily going out hanging out with them right. or, or wanting to do business with them or or even live nearby necessarily you just love them and you're happy to visit once a well, year it just so happened that so try, i'm just saying if the opportunities come you guys are young yeah. Like go with your heart. Obviously, if you know you really love LA and you really love Delaware, then <clears throat> you know <laughs> go to Delaware. But uh, maybe after the you know, we, military, we, we'll never live in Delaware. Again. So maybe after we'll the military, you guys should really like pick, make an effort to at least try to like live nearby, so you can combine forces, combine networks, help each other out with business. Like yeah, when you're sick, you bring soup. Like. It's a network, man. It's yeah. it's it's don't underestimate, and it it's it's so sad that like it happened in my family because it was unnecessary. There wasn't really a good reason, so it's like wow, it's okay. That was our journey, but it's a lot more robust, man. And, and don't underestimate that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but just, Josh kind of did you a favor now that it turns out because now it's easier for you to go. Huh? There's life outside of Delaware. Yeah. yeah, and it just so happened, like, after Korea, he got stationed in Sacramento, which is only six hours away from here. So we, you know, and after, like, about three years ago, we ended up talking about his feelings of me moving away and stuff like that and figured everything out. And, you know, I told him, I was like, it had nothing to do with you guys. It was, like, all internal. It was like I needed to find whatever it was I was searching for and by moving out. So we ended up just hashing it out and being cool with each other. And then um, he moved to SAC and... We hang out a lot now. I mean, obviously, with the circumstances we've been going through, we've seen each other way more than we have in the past two years. But, you know, we still do business together. He came down, hung out with me for a week, like I was telling you about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Helped me build my computer. I bought my car off of him. And, you know, we talk to each other a lot more now than we did when I first moved away. Yeah. Definitely. Granted, I lived in Sacramento for a year before he ever came to see me. But we'll... uh let that one slide. Yeah. You were living in Sacramento for a year before you came to right. see me. <laughs> but, yeah. But who's been where more now? Whenever possible, I've learned to throw pride aside, man. Oh, yeah. Even when it like, like I had a big argument with my dad actually, like last a week and a half ago, where, you know, he again decided not to talk to me. That's just how he handles it. Right. I don't take it personally anymore. And I was gonna probably just do the same thing and take it because you know it's it's hard. We butt heads. He's very strong minded, and but part of that is me allowing myself to get dragged in. So I'm, I just I went and visited him right away, and it was like awesome. He wanted me to. He just wouldn't say it. And I'm just like as I get older and older, like I'm, so, let, I hold on to that like very like infrequently and for a very short time. Like even if somebody offends me, it doesn't mean I'm gonna allow people to be in my life if they're not good for me of course. but you know it depends if you look at the intention and don't hold pride like obviously josh loves you you love josh so it's like you know those pride things you just gotta like talk it out yeah definitely and that's why i even asked him because like i was talking to my dad oh i couldn't tell you how long ago and he was telling me he's like you know you need to talk to your brother your brother's really upset that you left 
And I was like, why would he be upset that I left? You know, like to me, I was like, right. this makes absolutely no sense. So then we, I ended up calling him and we figured it all out. And he's like, yeah, I just felt like you abandoned me. And I was like, that had not like, it wasn't, had nothing to do with you guys. Right. It had nothing to do with family. There, That's not why I left. I left because I had an opportunity to get out. I had an opportunity to go, you know, learn for myself and grow as a man on my own. And I took that opportunity, you know? Right. Dude, that just saying that that little soundbite of you guys able to talk like uh, emotionally intelligent men, which not I didn't know how to do that in, in my twenties. I'll be honest, till probably my like late thirties, honestly. Yeah. And not to pick on my dad, but that's partly why he has such, such strain because he's passionate and loyal, and so he lets his feelings get hurt very easily. But he shuts down and says, gotcha. "I don't need you." Because yeah, he's yeah. afraid to get hurt, so he just he'd rather just hurt you and put his porcupine thorns out and just go fuck you, fuck everybody. I don't need anyone. Yeah. But really, he does. Yeah. You know, and 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 I'm realizing that like I just end up becoming the bridge for him there, and but still I have my boundaries of, yeah. of course I'm gonna put up with and not in my life. Yeah. But you guys able to like that could have caused in many beautiful loving relationships a five year break. Yeah. Of like, fuck him. No, fuck him. I can't believe he didn't call me because people don't. Because when you start talking about it, it it's 95% miscommunication. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 95%. Well, I thought you just didn't care about me. No, oh, dude, not at all. I'm scared to go and I miss you. Really? And it's like a totally yeah. different story than you put in your own head. Yeah. Because we get our feelings hurt and then we tell ourselves a story. But 95% of the time you're off because you don't really know what's going on in that other person's head. Right. It's just we're, we don't want to get hurt, so we just shut down in case the person really doesn't want us. Yeah. yeah. And we go, well, fuck you then. I'm going to care, pretend like I don't give a fuck. Right. Yeah. I don't need you. And really, we're like, I love you. I need you. Where are you? Yeah. And I don't like want to not talk to you, but I'll pretend I don't. Yeah. That's the truth, man. Yeah, you're not and I think it's. I think it's because of the amount of shit we went through yeah. when we were younger to, to even now. I mean, like, what, a week and a half ago, our dad passed and like, it's it's definitely brought us closer but we were already getting closer before he passed so like yeah. the amount of shit we went through together helped bridge that gap from miscommunication dude josh knows one of my favorite things in life is to turn the inevitable I'm happy for you guys that you're turning the inevitable shit into fertilizer and like just take whatever you can from it. Yeah. Fine, motherfucker. You're going to give me this shit. Okay. I'm going to learn from it, become closer to my family, build your relationship. Right. Yeah. yeah. That came from your dad. Yeah. 100%. No, definitely. And the loss. Yeah. So like if you can start turning it into a positive this early, dude, that's, that's inspirational because that's really all you can do. And you need to go through the grieving. I'm not saying just start partying right away right. or anything, but like I do love cultures that celebrate a death. Yeah. Where they're genuinely like, this is a celebration. You know, that, that's actually kind of what we yeah. did. That's like, exactly what we did for So, you know, when I found out he passed when I was here for your son's birthday party and, you know, you told me, you're like, you can go if you want. And when Steph came, she was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I was like, no, like, Let's just hang out and celebrate. 
And then, so I ended up staying, what, five hours, six yeah. hours, something like that? Dude. And then when, on the day of his funeral, um, you know, everyone got together, everyone was mourning and stuff like that. And then I said, hey, to all my cousins, because, you know, we had people driving in from Virginia and from D.C. and Boston, and everyone was getting together. And I was like, whoever wants to come, the house is open. I'll buy some brews. Let's hang out. Let's talk. Let's drink. And, you know, my dad was the the baby of his siblings. He was 10 years younger than the next oldest wow. one. So, and he's the first to go. Yeah. Wow. Um, so like all my cousins are 30 plus have kids, you know what I'm saying? So we never got to really get to know them on an adult style level. So I was like, look, come hang out. And that's what we did. And we all hung out and talked. And like I was telling you, it's like learn meeting a new person for the first time, but already having such a deep connection with them because you're family. Beautiful, man. And, and it, it, your dad gave you that gift yeah. without maybe meaning to, but take and it, was it just man. A beautiful, beautiful. It was a celebration. You know, it was definitely tough. You know, we all were crying and mourning and stuff like that, but it was, we definitely ended up celebrating afterwards when we got back. Yeah. I think what I've learned too is like to compartmentalize what each emotion means. Like more, you're mourning your own loss. Yeah. Cause your life had something in it that's gone. Yeah. And it's final, but you're feeling sorry for yourself. I'm just thinking about my mom, you guys, how we must feel, right? But but really, there's a whole other side to it. Yeah. Which is, first of all, it is what we do. This yeah. is what happens, man. Like, you have to accept the reality. You can't pretend it's not going to happen. So then you got to figure out how to, what does it all mean? Or how do you, how do you decide what it means that works for you and accepts the reality? Yeah. And that is that to look at like the celebration of their life, what they did, right? And then l get lessons or opportunities out of that loss. Because yeah. you don't really know what the meaning behind it really is. So I like to be open. Like when I go to a funeral, First of all, I get to see people I never saw, even if it's not someone I'm close to. And two, that person that passed is giving me a gift of the reminder that you can go at any time. Yeah. So live to the fullest. Enjoy like the fact that you stayed. You know, the, you know that it happened on my on Ben's 18th birthday, the day Ben became a man. This happened right, right at two o'clock when his party started. Started. He got the call, and that. And the fact that you like stayed and were able to like, I feel to me, it's like respect for your dad's death that you're going to take advantage of this moment, this experience. You know what I mean? It's not like you weren't thinking about him. Oh, of course. So that was like really cool, man. Inspirational. Because yeah. there's no one way to handle it. No. And then you got to go through those periods where you're by yourself and, and you just like feel whatever it is. The drive Cry. home definitely hit me. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that because I was alone, you know what I'm saying? But being here and celebrating and being with people that, you know, obviously cared about me and how I felt was just, it was the perfect place to be. It was unfortunate. Absolutely. It sucked a tremendous amount, but it was definitely a better place to be than, say, my brother who was just in his apartment by himself. Right. Yeah. You know, and we, we all of my siblings kept calling him and I was like, look, just I'm at a party. I'll be okay right now. Just call us and make right. sure he's all right. That's interesting, man, because I don't think that's... People don't think like, oh, I should be at a party. But actually, yeah. you should. Yeah. Because there'll be plenty of time for mourning. So I appreciate that. Yeah. It means a lot. Thank you.
wasn't gonna miss not it. to be corny but it's a special kind of experience yeah it was that i got fun. i got to share with you unfortunately it's yeah i enjoyed it it was a wonderful party thank you for throwing it and you know i also told you i was going to document the whole thing and yeah. part of me stayed because of that and part of me stayed because you know what not a better way to celebrate right his life like my dad he's a he was a stubborn man yeah, very <laughs> look stubborn. at his face he's a very stubborn man and if he found out like i missed an opportunity to celebrate an 18th birthday to just go home and cry he would have smacked me upside my head he would have been like what are you doing dude like go out be yourself he's like there you can cry tomorrow you're gonna cry tomorrow right but you'll be all right and it could be your last day yeah don't take it for granted you just Absolutely. got a, a reminder of that yeah right yeah, it was it was a huge shock to all of us. Obviously, like he was really young. Um, his mom had passed less than a year ago yep. when he had passed, and so it was a huge shock to all of us. But like I was telling you, when you kept pushing for me to go home when he was in the hospital, it's like something didn't feel right between us, and we communicated it numerous times, and we were like, you know what, screw it, we're just going home. Yeah, and we went home and. I can honestly say, I don't know how you feel. I assume you're on the same page as me, but that was the necessary Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was the best decision to make with you go home. Remember Granted, we had that talk? On, yeah. Granted, he was on a ventilator. He didn't get to see us or anything like that, but it was probably the best choice for us to go back. Dude, I felt it from you just talking about it. And I, I just, I'm glad it worked out that way because remember we talked about how maybe it isn't the better choice. Who doesn't matter. Yeah. You still go with your gut. And then let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's the reason I pushed you and I told you this was I've just seen that happen so many times in my life where I didn't. Yeah. And I regretted it. Yeah. I really appreciate that talk we had that day. It completely turned my perspective around on the entire situation. Because, you know, like I was telling you, my dad was like, no, don't come. Don't come. Don't come. I'll yeah. be all right. I'll see you when I get out of the hospital. And, but just like something deep down in our gut was just like, you need to go back. And, you know, you tell me all the time, if your gut's 60% right, aren't you going to take that 60% over the other 40 right. at any time? And I was like, screw it, no matter the cost of the plane tickets. And then we bought the plane tickets, flew out the very next day. Yep. What an investment. Remember? Yeah. That's the other thing, man. It's not, nothing costs anything. Yeah. It's the investment. You want to make that investment? And sometimes an investment isn't just buying stock or or crypto. Yeah. And that was the first time all of our siblings were under the exact same roof for the, in the last six years. Yeah. So, you know, just having that was just moving in its own. So it's definitely worth every penny and the money didn't matter to us. I'm a little embarrassed with my tears, but oh, well. Don't be, don't be. Just we're, being honest. We're like our I'm father. not like comfortable crying that, that comfortable. <laughs> just we're so you we're know. like our father, but, man. But I cry a lot. We don't it's okay. Cry. It's a beautiful story. <laughs> That's why. My dad's yeah. always said, unless you're in physical pain, there ain't no reason to cry. <laughs> Same with like, my dad. Is your leg broken? Are you bleeding? We're I've like, seen my no. dad cry, like, like, cry once. Yeah. And or twice when it, like a horrible, like my mom passed. Yeah. Like out of nowhere. Yeah, I've never seen my dad cry. I've seen him cry. Yeah. It's weird to see a grown man cry, yeah. especially one that looks like they wouldn't cry. Yeah. And well, so her dad I'm, was I'm inspiring very, other men. It's okay. Her dad was yeah. a very hostile It's actually, guy. yeah. So, like, seeing him but it comes from, like, insecurity, spaces. man, because then yeah. you, you're afraid people are going to think you're weak. But Absolutely. it's okay. 
Absolutely. Better yeah. to communicate, man. Exactly. But but yeah, I still have that tendency like try to like swallow it. Right. I'm you know what I mean? I you know, I, I don't think that's good. It's not. It's not. It's not good. It's actually I'm very bad about talking about my feelings to anybody. Yeah. But since he passed, I made it like a promise to myself. When I get back, I'm going to go seek a therapist so I can actually open up and start opening up to others. Damn, dude. What a, you know, that's such a huge thing to say for a man, for a masculine man that's supposed to be, you know what I mean? (laughs) A masculine man, by the way, to me is, no, and this is a good topic. It's not about being macho. A masculine man is just like, there's masculine women and there's masculine men and there's feminine women and feminine men. Yeah. And, and the masculine ones are the ones that like lead maybe a little bit more and have the craziest ideas or the vision, let's say. That's all it means. It doesn't mean you're macho. Right. And that's where people get it confused because there's nothing wrong with being emotional and being masculine. Like Kanye West is an extremely masculine man, dude. I, not, probably not a good example, but we get it. you know what I mean? Like he's not, but he's very open and sensitive, but he's yeah. like, I know what the fuck I want. Yeah. Get out of my way. Like, but you know. It's probably not the best example, but you get what I mean. You could be sensitive and and emotional and and communicative about it. I think that's something I'd love to see changed because I think it affects relationships Mm -hmm. for no reason. Like I was married and divorced, definitely had a different mindset. Yeah. Not to get too much into it. I I have before. That's why I don't want to waste our time with that. And I do want to say, like I've said before, when, you know, Big James was on the podcast, that like when my mom died, like I was so not crying, not emotional, never say I love you to anybody. I think I told my mom I love you a couple of times because she forced me and I just, okay, I love you. Never with feeling until she died. Yeah. And then it was too late. Yeah. I've always been sensitive. Yeah. But it's like, I don't speak on my feelings right. to anybody. I know. So now I tell my kids I love you all the time. Yeah. But I think that honestly was a gift for my mom's early passing. Mm-hmm. If she hadn't, I wouldn't have been shocked into ch- checking that philosophy. Because yeah. on the night she passed is when it hit me. Like, because I went to see her laying there and they're like, do you want to see her? I was alone. It's all I could say. Right. There's another gift your dad gave you, man. Yeah. You don't have to be there yet. Because I've gone to therapy, man. Like, when I was getting divorced, I'm like, shit, I'm not handling some of this shit right. Yeah. I got to look at myself. Yeah. Because we've been fucked up. All of us. Oh, yeah. It's not There aren't that many people that I've met that don't have some fuck up. It's like 2%. Yeah. I've had these like perfect environments with emotionally intelligent parents and like, oh, you want to do karate, son? Yes. And the proper encouragement without the spanking and very hard to find. Oh, yeah. There's books written, but even the people writing the books probably had a fucked up childhood yeah. that realized, shit, that wasn't right. Hey, everyone, I think there's another the- way to do it. And I'm learning as I go with my kids. I've been evolving with my kids and I want to let other people know you can. Like, yeah. you may not be right about holding it in, man. Yeah. I think that was a big thing. Like, growing up, I don't know about you, Austin, but uh, like, my takeaway was like, we got to see everything we didn't want in life very early on. Yeah. Like, our parents were very hostile towards each other and very abusive to each other. 
Um, they ended up getting a divorce when I was 10 years old. So he was right around nine. So it was like stuff that we vividly remember. And, you know, and we were spanked all the time as kids. Me too. My dad couldn't find it, take his belt off quick enough. It was the hand. You yep. know, it didn't, it Me didn't too. matter. Yeah. And so my dad all, never got to the belt. He couldn't. He would wait for he, us he to would get erupt, out of the shower. Erupt. Wow. He would wait for us to get out of the shower. And then say, come straight to my room. We're like, hold on, we're changing. He's like, no, nah, you don't need to change. Because you're all wet and yep. it's going to sting. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, and then we hit a certain age and he was like, and it was always, you can get hit with the belt the amount of times that your age is. So if you're 10, you're getting 10 hits with the belt. If you're 11, yep. you're getting 11. And then when we hit like, what was it 13 or something like that? He was like, you have a choice. You can get the belt 13 times or you can get grounded for a week. Yeah, of course, we took the grounding every week. Like, yeah. But so it was like, it definitely showed us the things that we didn't want out of life and like help us grow and become the men that we are. And like being able to communicate ways, like my parents couldn't communicate. So what was one big thing that like we now as being young 20, 20 year olds, we're very communicative, communicative. Like maybe, you know, you have issues talking about your feelings, but we don't have issues communicating what we want and the way to get things and, you know, keeping away from arguments, you know, yeah we can diffuse the situation with our words opposed to having to yell and scream. Like we don't raise our voices. Like no. even in a relationship, like I don't know, I, I'm not there to watch your relationship, but like not raising your voice is like a huge key. You know what I'm saying? Because right. like you say all the time, don't let the spotlight come on you. And you know, if you start raising your voice, now you're just angry, hostile. And it's like, that's not a good look. Right. And it's just something we witnessed and being physical to other people. Like, I don't know about you, but I've never been, I've been in one fight in my entire life, like fist fight with another person. And it's just because growing up, I didn't want to get physical with another being. I saw the toll that it took on my mom or my dad when they would get physical with each other. And it was like, yeah, no, definitely not. But also I want to make a note that we're all evolving and yeah. none of us are perfect. And I got into probably over a hundred fights growing up. I can't even count and flipped completely my mindset when I started looking at myself and going, am I really successful in my relationships? Is yeah. that the success I want? Or is there something I can do to get more out of it? Cause right. it's a selfish realization too. Don't think it's like just to be a better person. Right. I didn't like the results I was getting. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I'm getting divorced. I'm losing half the custody of my kids. Like maybe I should like take a step back and not think, I'm this macho guy that knows how to control the relationship or whatever, set boundaries the right way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like and we all even, these things. We even saw that similar change in our own dad. Yeah. Like from his first marriage to his second, like with my stepmom, completely different guy, less hostile. Like we've seen him get in people's faces, like fist fight, yeah. like ready and stuff Same like that. Same with my dad, yeah. When he was with our stepmom, none of that. We didn't see any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was like a completely different switch and change. And it was like, wow, like you can actually change how you handle things. Right. Like, it's just crazy to witness like that super, firsthand. It's amazing. And yeah, even us in the six months we've known each other, yeah, both of us have evolved. I've seen you like take it to a whole other level because <laughs> you're you. young, man. Like yeah. it took me 47 years to get here. So, I mean, imagine where you're going to be yeah. in terms of like handling and flowing with life a little bit and not because it, it does work better. I, I can compare because I, I see the data from before and the data now. And I'm like, ooh, like right. 
the garage is much more organized or whatever the hell you want to use. Oh, yeah, I saw that, by the way. Looks Dude, great. Not to jump not to topics, digress, but, but it's just a reflection of my life because I've never, I've never wanted, that's the biggest thing, to organize my garage. I spent 15 hours straight on Saturday. And I'm just saying as hope to all the procrastinators out there, I never, I've done kind of a reorg, but like half hat half-ass dragging my ass yeah. and then making excuses five hours in like, ah, I'll just do that later. Let's put the boxes back. The neighbor's like, you're never going to finish today. Like, it's a lot of work, man. Maybe you should like cover it. I'm like, now that you said that, there's no way I'm not going to finish. <laughs> right. But I now, now that yeah. it's done, how do you feel? Oh my God. <laughs> exactly. And, and we built shelves. So yeah. it's like, I've ne it's not like a perfect garage, mind you. I'm not talking like, you know, eat off the floor, like laminate polished floor. No, I'm just saying it's organized. Yeah. There's room for more boxes and they're all in clear plastic labeled containers. I donated or got rid of anything that you know, I didn't love. Or and if it was like a memorabilia item, okay, let's display that shit. If it's in a box, what for? We keep taking it from one place to another. But the point is, it's not about the garage. It's like, I'm like, oh shit, is this the beginning of me finally decluttering my shit, which allows me as a person to like move quicker. Yeah. Right. Like it's a metaphor sort of, but it actually directly helps because I'm not looking for the goddamn pliers for so 45 systematic minutes. Changes. <laughs> systematic changes. And it's kind of like taking a shower and dressing up nice and combing your hair. Like you could say, well, what's the difference? You're saying the same person. You just feel fucking better. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you walk a little bit better. Oh, that's a clean garage. You see it every time you go, oh, wow. And then you go, oh, that thing I haven't seen. Let me, let me take my kids snowboarding. I when it's all cluttered, you don't even know what the hell you have. Yeah, right. And then you keep buying more shit because you forgot you had that piece of shit thing. Yeah. Huge <laughs> metaphor never going on right now. I love it. What's that? Huge metaphor going on right now. Yeah, dude. Love it. Absolutely. I'm just trying to always improve. Yeah. I'm like a, I think I have like a disorder, but I'm just harnessing it. It's like, we all have this, like, if you could find your compulsion, I didn't know what mine was. I think it's problem solving. I'm not kidding. And it's actually, I can plug it into business, which I'm doing now, but, or I can plug it into like relationships, parenting. I've problem solved my way through also seeing some really good therapists that I'm like, oh shit, I never... Wow, I never thought of that. It wasn't like I was mentally ill. Just admit that maybe I didn't have the right like teacher at the chalkboard growing up. Yeah, right. Showing me how to yell at each other and not talk to each other for a month. And and I thought, well, that's how you do it. You gotta you gotta let them know who's boss. Like, don't talk to me. I thought that was I. I'm embarrassed to say, but I literally that thought that was like how to manage your relationship as like whatever the masculine macho head of the family that i thought i was supposed to right. be because i wanted to play the role i'm supposed to play yeah versus really going who am i i'm a nice guy i'm not really like that yeah. i love knowing what my wife is thinking and it's not really who you are you're just you do that because a defense mechanism yeah. anytime you get sad or or you get insecure you just go blah, 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 you know Instead of dealing with the shit, making you sad and going, hey, I'm a little, you know, that hurt my feelings, which is not something a man usually says. But literally, that's kind of what I do. I'll go, hey, like, you know, like when you talk to me like that, like, I don't, it doesn't make me feel good. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Really? I didn't know you bothered you. 
It kind of does. Yeah. I really? love and then it's that. just a conversation. It's not a bitching session. Right. It's like, hey, like, if, you know, if I know my wife is feeling something I keep doing, I just want to know. I may not want to change it, but give me the opportunity. I don't, I may not know. And then she's going to eventually not talk to me as much and not share with me. And I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, which inevitably happens. You grow apart if you're not really in tune with each other. Yeah. So. Yeah, I definitely like using I feel statements when you're in like a disagreement. Take responsibility like that. for that shit, right? Yeah, because then it, it provokes a conversation opposed to a screaming match. Like if you're calling somebody out on something that they did, they're going to get defensive every right. time. And instead you can say, hey, I feel like this because of this. And then it's like, oh, well, I didn't know you actually felt like that. Well, let's talk about it kind right. of deal opposed to just being like, well, you did this and you did that. Like, right. it, it doesn't help anything. It and then you're not even right. arguing about whatever the thing was that made you sad or made her it's sad. Happened, happened months you ago. never talk about yeah. that. Nope. You always, my, like we never really, it was always like, I'm sorry. I yelled at you. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, I shouldn't talk to you that way. It, it, the conversation was about how I handled it or she handled versus like, well, what was the thing that, got you annoyed what, yeah. What, what, yeah. what were you thinking you know yeah because then you go on let's say an hour later and you're like what are we even arguing about right right now like, but it it's no really sense. a lack of like communication skills yep. yeah it turns out absolutely if one or both lack communication skills which is typically what's what that is the truth i think a lot of times in relationships that's the problem yeah because if they had good communication skills they wouldn't be together if they weren't a good fit it doesn't mean you have to stay together, by the way. It doesn't mean if you have good communication skills, you are guaranteed to be together. No, you're just guaranteed. You have more likelihood of being happy because <laughs> you're either going to grow together and go, oh, I can be. Me and Tanya have grown for 10 and a half years nonstop. Yeah. yeah. We're different people like every year almost because you're reading books and we're sharing ideas. And l luckily, we're like kind of have the same vision of life and what's important. So we kind of like keep moving together although we're separate organisms and yeah. a little bit different and you know the communication just keeps us happy now one day we might grow apart where she's just not happy with what i have to offer and honestly i'm not expecting that to not happen yeah it's just that the longer we're together the, it seems like it's getting stronger honestly because now you got the time behind it plus we know how to live together and we're super connected so it yeah. turns into like physical attraction not to change subjects, but I learned something. And this is, I'm going to give you such a gift because I was a skeptic. Long-term physical attraction is so elusive to me as a, whatever. I'm not judging other men, but for me, that's very elusive. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to really be connected to somebody to want them in that way for a long, like for even three months, like, Right. Like, let's say you're dating, you like someone, but then like after a month, you start getting annoyed with each other or whatever it is. And I thought like, well, maybe that's just how it is. And you just have to let that go. It's not. Because me and Tanya going through the hard times and getting through them by like talking and growing and admiring each other, because we also are aligned and ad admirate, like she admires the craziness I bring to the table with my crazy ideas and I'm a good dad, I'm a problem solver and I help her feel confident maybe. And she's like this amazingly organized genius person and I admire, she admires me. If you have that plus communication, 
and initial probably pheromone attraction, I think, because yeah. you can't force being attracted, but that's right. in the beginning. If you don't got that in the beginning, then just move on. <laughs> yeah, That's a well, given, right? You're like, oh, I'm into you, but what happens six months later when you're irritated with each other and yelling it? I don't really feel like com connecting with I, you. I went through that. Yeah. I did. When but when you're connected intimately, intimate means you know each other on an intimate level, meaning like, wow, I really... I love how you think and spending that time with each other to like talk and how was your day? Whatever, whatever that is for you, right. dude, I'm just saying you can have 10 and a half years later, hot sex. Not to like openly talk about my personal life or yeah. Tanya's, but it's a beautiful thing, dude. It is. And I'm not showing off. I'm just saying that. It wasn't that way for me ever, not because they weren't super attractive physically people and had their own awesome things going on. We just weren't intimately connected in that way. And so it wears off. Like, yeah. why would they want you? Like, okay, been there, done that, dude. And you're annoying the hell out of me. And it's like, oh, I hate when you do that. Oh, I hate when you yeah. do that. You're so annoying. Like, you're not appreciating each other. You ain't going to want to have sex. Yeah. But how do you appreciate each other for 10 fucking years? You got to be like really able to communicate, man. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you're just hating each other. That's and you got to have fucking tough talks like you want what or or you want to go out. Well, what about me? Or or where to like you have to be willing to like risk even losing each other sometimes and being open about what's bothering you. And if you get through that, it makes it stronger, man. That's yeah. what I learned. I was scared sometimes where we'd have these tough conversations and I'm like, well, this could be the end of it, too. But I'd rather be open and not lead somebody down, you know, a path that doesn't work for them. But then you come out and go, oh, wow, it actually, for, you get more intimate because you go, wow, we got through that together. Yeah. You got my back. Yeah. I got your back. Shit. I didn't calculate that. Like, I didn't realize that was such a, it's like roots of a tree, man. Like, yeah, it is. If it's a strong, if it, it's a strong tree, like, that shit gets like that's what it feels like but yeah. if it's not a strong tree then you know just waiting for a really bad storm to blow your ass over <laughs> yeah literally yeah. you know what i'm saying Absolutely. i mean yeah i went through it with uh my ex we're we're really good friends now beautiful I but love it's to like hear that. so we did long distance for about a year and a half because she uh she actually lived back in delaware um we moved her out to live with a uh, uh, live with each other and like just weren't clicking like like I said, I, I can't talk about my feelings. I didn't know the right way to formulate it. And we weren't having that communication. And then we we're bickering. We we're getting irritated with each other. And it's always like, you're doing this and you're not doing this. or And never taking the blame on yourself. And I mean, we split, but we're still good friends now. You know, we owned up to everything that we did. And, and she left me a nice, a nice note, about a page note while I was gone. And very beautiful. Like, like I... I could say we're good friends now so mm, maybe opportunity for rekindling down the road <laughs> who knows i don't because I don't, I don't like planning you don't plan it it's gonna happen organically if it's gonna happen but yeah. i just got the reason i threw it out there as a half a joke is that a lot of relationships i've seen relationships not work out not because they actually didn't have a connection yeah it was because of just they have they were taught some like belief system that said no that's you can't let you can't do that or you can't do that or it's got to be this way and so they fight for that 
right? And they act a certain way because they just think that's how it is. Yeah. And later, if you actually like educate yourself and like I've done and switched my view, you never know if those relationships could actually work in a because now you're a different person. Mm -hmm. Now you might actually communicate well enough where it could work. Yeah. You never know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Is that a possibility? Are you announcing today that uh, you're on the prowl? Is that Absolutely not. <laughs> she's just, uh, she's a good friend. She's actually watching my cat while I'm gone. Ooh, so interesting. You're okay. cat dads. All right. All right. I'm not trying to stir the pot here, but. No, you're good. You're you know, good. I'm a little suspicious and, and in a good way. Yeah. I want the best for you. Appreciate I only that. want you guys to rekindle if it's going to, you know, elevate your game. Yeah. I have a Josh says no. I have a lot of big plans. Yeah. Don't so. do it. You know what, by the way, can I just also give you some unsolicited advice that I give my kids? Everyone's different, no judgment, but I just feel like, especially for men, because we are a little more immature and for the ones that are like big idea minded, give yourself as much time as you can before you settle down and have kids. Yeah. You can have develop great relationships, friendships more than friendships as many as you want and you should we're not robots but like and just be honest about what you want in your life so people you're not setting people up but i'm just saying like i got married at 28 way too young dude and it, it you know i set up a person i loved to something she never would have wanted for herself you know either did i like a divorce but yeah we didn't know and but like I just think 40 is such a magical age for a man. Like now some men get there at 30. Some men get, never get there. Yeah. Some men you should never marry. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> right. Like you need to be the fit. Like if you're an emotionally intelligent woman, you shouldn't marry a non-emotionally intelligent. Yeah. If you want to be happy, if you're like goal is to be, unless you think he, that person is open to like learning. Yeah. You're not going to be truly happy. Man. I, I, I see that, you know, so but I'm just saying, you have plenty of time, you know, don't settle down until you're really ready. Yeah. Do your thing, play your... I would say that for women too. I just think women that want to have children, that is obviously a factor for them. And sometimes... But they're also mature much faster. Yeah. And like a woman at 30 is like a man at 40 in terms of maturity, in my opinion. I definitely but, see it, yeah. You know, but I also don't think you need to have kids at all because we're not suffering from a population crisis. <laughs> so, like, you know, that's the other thing. Yeah, don't absolutely. feel pressure. Like, play your game, dude. You can do yeah. whatever you want. Again, consensuality. It's all that matters. Nobody can tell you what. Go have kids. Go get married. Why? There's no, there's no rules. Yeah. You make your own rules, man. Of course. In terms of your life. Um. Okay. So. Just like going back to your your dad yeah. passing, how did you guys like? I guess like, what was your relationship with your dad as brothers? I'll let you answer that one first. You're the older brother. Um, so growing up, it was great. You know, he was always a part of everything that we did. We played little league baseball for a little bit. He ended up coaching the team at one point. He was at every single wrestling match and tournament when we were growing up. So he was very supportive of everything that we did. Went to him for a lot of things and advice on a lot of things. And, you know, he showed us the ropes with life essentially. And watching him lose the job that he had, uh, he owned a restaurant at one point, 
that shut down. Then he was working for like electronic stores and doing well. And then he lost that. And he said, you know, I'm going to go back to school. So he went back to school when he was like 40 something, right? Yeah. Yeah. 40 something. And got his license to be a massage therapist. Created his own company. Started from scratch. Built it up to this amazing thing that he had now. And, uh, but I guess my junior, senior year of high school, we definitely butted heads a lot. Um, we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, part of me felt like we were both threatened by each other. Not like, oh, I'm going to kill you types threatened, but it was like, wow, like you're actually a better man than I thought you would be kind of deal. Like, I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, it's hard yeah, to put like it into words. Well, I, if I could say, I think both of our dads were, are, were and are alpha males. Yeah. And I think as much as they want the best for us, because my dad's that way, yeah. I think deep down it's hard for him to see his son step ahead of him. Yeah. And be kind of try to be like the man of the family. Right. And it's, 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 I think it's subconscious where they try to like chop you down. Like, oh, you think you're going to just, but, right. And it's, I think it's a subconscious insecurity. And that you're not going to need them anymore as the leader of the pack. And they want your success, but right. it's so fucking confusing for them. And they don't know how to communicate at all about feelings, dude. Yeah. yeah. So, like, my junior year, he really advocated for the military. And I was like, okay, like, that sounds great. I didn't know what I wanted to do out of high school. I went to, uh, we went to a technical high school back in Delaware. So, like, uh, two classes out of the day from our sophomore year to our senior year. And we only had four classes a day would be uh, learning a trade. So I went and I was learning architecture and engineering. And I was like, oh, I really like architecture. Like I could do this. And, you know, I've told you this before. I've like designed skate parks and, you know, playhouses and stuff that was actually built. So it was like really cool to see like a design on paper be transmitted into a computer, created in a computer, and then be a realistic thing that you can physically touch. Like it was really unique. That's a, that's a game shifter. Yeah, so then you're like, like, oh, anything's possible. Right. You have to think it up and yeah, of course. Execute. And I've always been a creative person, so like designing houses, like we would have projects to do in school. I would do the project, and then I'd have like two hours of downtime, so I'd just create random houses from scratch, from my head and from my mind. And so I've always been a creative guy. And he pushed for me to go in the military, and I was like, all right, cool. Like I don't really know what I want to do, so maybe I'll just go to the military. I'll go to school while I'm in the military, and then I ended up like getting assigned a job I didn't really want in the military. And that's when I asked to be discharged. And he was like, you're making a huge mistake, da, da, da. And then my entire senior year, because I got discharged my junior year, uh, he was like, we definitely butted heads even more, you know, because at this point I was like becoming way more independent, way more on my own. Didn't really see it, like what he wanted being the best interest for my life. So I ended up moving out. For a couple of months in my senior year, I lived on my buddy's floor in his bedroom. Um, then I graduated and I moved in with my mom because, like I said, my parents split when I was young and I lived with my mom. And then I told you my buddy told me he was moving to Los Angeles to, for music school. And I was like, well, this is an opportunity. He needs a roommate. I don't know what I'm doing. I want to experience the world. I know this L.A. is like the skateboarding capital of the world. Like, let me go. Like, I was pretty good at skateboarding. Let me go and just see what happens. So I had bought a plane ticket without telling any of my family members on my own. I bought a plane ticket two weeks and I bought it like two months out. 
And two weeks before my flight, I told everyone, I was like, I'm moving to LA. They're like, no, you're not. I was like, I'm leaving in two weeks, like straight up. I have my plane ticket, I'm going. And I remember telling my dad and he was like, you're not going to LA. And I was like, look, I already got my plane ticket. Like I'm leaving in two weeks. You can either take me to the airport or you can't, you can say bye now. And we ended up getting like in each other's faces and stuff like that. And um, did you have to implement any of your wrestling moves? No, words are much stronger than physical action. So I was sitting on his bed in his bedroom and we were having this discussion and it started to get heated. And uh, he was like, look, you're not going. And I was like, yes, I am like straight up. Like, you can't change my mind. I'm 18 years old. I already have the plane ticket. I have a place to live like I'm going. And he said, I give you six months. He said, you'll be out there for six months and then I will buy you your plane ticket home. And I was like, all right, cool. And I don't remember how it came up, but at one point he got really angry and I said some really messed up stuff to him. And he was like, Josh, you need to chill out. You've never been hit by your dad before. And I stood up off his bed and I looked him dead in his eyes and I was like, you ain't ever been hit by your son before. And I walked out of his room and that was the last of that conversation. He called me a couple of days later and said, I'll take you to the airport. <laughs> so I guess I was like a big game changer on like, I'm this independent, mature young man now, like. You know, you talk to Cody all the time and tell people, like, we feel like we're men. Yes. At a young Even age. Even at 15, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so I was like, I'm this grown man now. I'm 18 years old. I bought my plane ticket on my own. I'm leaving. And um, so we had a really rough relationship because we didn't hash out those feelings then and there. So when I moved, we didn't like each other for like a whole two months or two years. And, you know, like I said, he gave me six months. Six months turned into a year, a year turned into two, two turned into three. And he called me one day and he's like, hey, I think I'm going to come out to L.A. And I was like, what, what do you want to come out to L.A. for? He's like, I want to see you. And Did you like, talk to him throughout this period or not really? Or he just did three times every six months. So six times a year, maybe. And what were the conversations? Just, positive hey, or how are you doing? Okay. Generally positive. Do you need me to buy your plane ticket? Uh, so, so like, it was really he would say that I was, was really angry. poking you to go. You yeah. ready to come home? You ready he's to like, say uncle? And you're like, he's like, what are you doing? Like, are you living? Are you surviving? Right, are you, you alive? Pushing towards your goals? Like, what are you doing? Do you have goals? And I would get frustrated. Like, right, you're you're doubting me at this point. Right, you doing and, drugs? What are you doing? Right. So, um, he was like, I just want to come out there for a little bit, and I was like, you can come out for 48 hours on the phone. And he said, that's it. I said, yep. I said, you can't stay with me. He's like, all right. And I was like, wait, seriously? He's like, yep. I'll come out 48 wow. hours. I'll book a hotel. And I was like, all right. He said, I'll see you on this day. <sighs> he rented a car. He came out. He came straight to my house. We went and we got lunch. We talked about a lot of things. Um, and in that 48 hours, I think the only time we didn't see each other was like right up to when you went to sleep and woke up. Like I would stay at the hotel with him or um he would be over first thing in the morning and we hashed everything out we had a wonderful wonderful time and from there on we had probably the best relationship ever and that was like three years ago two years ago and so we definitely hashed things out and it was great and you know watching him become a small business owner and i started becoming a small business owner it was like really cool and like i would go to him about all the questions that i had like hey how'd you market like how'd you do this. How'd you do that? I know taxes is a pain. How do you do this? He's like, don't do this. This is what I did. It was wrong. Don't do that. Like, and obviously you take all advice with a grain of salt. Like you can't just cause it didn't work for you. doesn't mean it's not going to work for me. 
So we definitely like learned a lot and, you know, developed this amazing bond. And it was it was amazing, to say the least. And it's definitely hard, you know, with him not being here now. But um, I know I'm destined for great things because from a young age, he showed us that no matter what is thrown out your way, you'll figure it out. And that's why people ask me all the time. They're like, oh, my God, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Like if I, you know, I was homeless for two months when I lived out here and he, you know, it was like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. There's one thing I'm good at. It's figuring it the hell out. And that's always what he did. Like, and I guess we subconsciously learned a lot from him. And now, like, taking the time to look back and reflect, you definitely realize where it came from. You know, it's just a beautiful thing. And obviously, yeah, he made you, he, he without realizing it made you strong enough to stand up to him yeah because i gotta tell you real quick i love that story and to be honest i couldn't do that my dad overpowered me he was extremely intimidating and i didn't want to disappoint him right well that was a and big i couldn't stand up and do what i wanted I, he wouldn't let me go to the school I wanted to play, to do wrestling and football. Right. Like, look at my body. And I played basketball, which I loved, but because right. we didn't have a, I went to this like college prep high school. He wouldn't let me leave, you know, and, and that kind of, he said, you can leave, but you can't live in this home. Yeah. And I didn't say, all right, then. Right. My mom signed the paperwork. I didn't have the, I didn't have the, let's call it balls, but I don't blame myself. You know, I'm of course, 15 years old. My dad's saying you can move out. I live in this bubble of, two parents and and i don't want and what if he really disowns me i didn't understand yeah. that really he was just scared that i would fall into the wrong crowd and yeah. blah 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 and that's what the big i'm going to this was. college prep class school and then for college same thing man i followed kind of his yeah. push i didn't wasn't able to say i'm just gonna go figure out my life on my own because that's yeah. scary i lived at home he talked me into living at home commuting to cal state fullerton why would you not save money? And they gave me right. freedom yeah, to like come home whenever I wanted and all that. So, but I realized that was him controlling. Yeah. No offense, pops. But like even Because you're I insecure and that's okay, right? Yeah. I, I'm also saying this for the benefit of my children that already know this by now, even at a young age. Take Cody, for instance. He knows I'm encouraging him to stand up to me. I've even told him at a young age, like there's going to be times I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to get frustrated with you. Hold your ground. If you believe in it, hold your ground. Yeah. Don't let me. It's your game, baby, not mine. Yeah. I may not like it. Your game. Yeah. I may try to give you guidance. If you can hear me out, great. But I'm very conscious of that because of what I went through. And I I have that tendency to smother somebody I care about with advice, as you know. Yeah. And I, and I like, and right now he's 16. I think we have like the best. 47-year-old father, 16-year-old son relationship I've ever seen. It's amazing. Even though it's not like, hey, Pops, how's... it's like he's his own fucking man. Yeah. I'm like, dude, as long as you're getting the grades, which he is, helping, like this isn't a hotel, so of course. I'm not going to be like just serving your ass. Do the dishes if I ask you, Boa, as a tenant. Right. And I'm going to guide you because I still want to help you. I have good advice. Yeah. But, dude, you want to, I let him stay out late. I'm already... Got him ready. Yeah. You know? And like I told you, my one rule for him at this point is just don't die. Right. He already knows he doesn't want to get anybody pregnant. Yeah. 
we've talked about it. he's like dad i i want to do basketball i want to do are you i've seen you dad with a two two-year-old no thank you yeah like he's already thinking for himself in a smart way i don't really have to worry the only thing i go is like hey when you go around those curves if there's like rocks there you could go off the edge so don't die yeah. right oh of shit course. you're right and he yeah. listens because i don't hardly ever i try to really back away yeah. and it's hard yeah. man it you is. know so he the, but not all I, I, you know this is for those kids that don't have that luxury like i didn't right that are gonna miss the boat they're gonna miss the train man because i had to i re-found myself after 40 which was a very tough uphill battle but still well worth it if that's what you want for your life right but much just smarter like if you're playing a video game I'm like trade i'm coaching you on whatever what what fucking video games do you guys play with my kids call of duty call of duty i'm yeah. just like hey you want to spend 10 years in this area of the game and do it this way that's fine you'll learn a lot i'm just saying if your goal is to have the most fun in call of duty get the most kills yeah. and be the most well-ranked hey do do the tactic that you like doing right don't go hide and be a sniper if that's not your thing whatever yeah. you and know I, what i mean that's all it is and i think one of the most beautiful memories i'll have of my dad is uh <laughs> when you convinced me to quit my job <laughs> and go be a full-time photographer and videographer uh, i was at work and i was on my 10 minute break and i called my dad and i said hey i'm thinking about quitting my job and he said okay and I was like, what do you mean? Okay, you're supposed to tell me what I'm supposed to do. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to tell you what to do. And I was like, why? I was like, you always like have good advice. You always tell me things. He's like, he's like, you remember what I told you when you first moved out to LA? And I was like, you told me a lot of things, but what? And he's like, I told you you have six months and you proved me wrong. He said, if you want to quit your job and be a full-time creator, do it. If that's what you feel like you want to do, do it. He said, you'll figure it out and you'll prove everybody wrong. And I said, you're absolutely right. You absolutely figure it out. Right. Yeah. And I ain't ever getting a job again. <laughs> I love that. That was back in November and we are in May now. Clip that. <laughs> We're going to use that against you if you ever have doubts. Yeah. You got to just figure it out, man. There's opportunity. I had there. two months worth of like saved up money in, in my bank account to be like, all right, I can survive for two months. If I need to, I'll go back and get a job. And I don't foresee that happening. I figured it out. Right. And, you, and know, you gave your, you invested in yourself by adding more time. Remember, we yeah. calculated like yeah, we calculated you're spending everything. twenty fucking hours, include or more travel, driving, and, yeah, and 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 we calculated that you weren't necessarily getting anything positive out of it because you're stalking. So it's not like you're meeting new people, right? Because we're like, hey, maybe you're just meeting clients for now, and we nope. you realize you were making more per hour doing your sessions, yeah. And they're like, and we remember it was like once you did the math. It was a no You needed to get like one extra client a one week. One client a week. So a you're month, like, shit, if month. I, I'm like, if you spend 10, those half of that time, 10 hours on Facebook and Instagram, are you going to get a client? Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah. So it's like, it's and that's what happened. Yeah. And you hit a, a lull, but came like, you just figure it out, yeah. man. It's not going to go like you plan anyway, but. It's just one of those moments, you know. That's beautiful, like, man. That was a beautiful story. Yeah. You me cry like, again, I, you fucker. Cause like I called him to get I'm gonna advice. be known as like the oh the cry that cry baby guy <laughs> yeah yeah the one that cries in every fucking story but it is kind of like 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 I knew this would be special because it's like overshadowed by 
like your dad passing yeah and it's like i can't help but think of my own connection to the story with my mom and then right. me as a dad it's just one of those moments like i'll never forget i like i cried on the phone to him i was like I, just something overwhelmed me i was just like oh my goodness like i called you for advice and you're not going to give me any like what like you always have advice and he was like nope he was like you do what you want to do he's like i know you'll make it work it's like you've been out there for six years josh he said you'll figure it out I was it's like, like I we shouldn't right. need that but if you can it, when it happens it's a beautiful thing man. yeah it was just you don't need your dad to have said that i'm gl right. really glad it happened that he was open enough to like admit and you know some dads just go mm, they just hold on to it because yeah. they can't admit they're wrong i got one of those dads big pivotal moment yeah big pivotal moment and huge the man. next huge. day i work. know how huge it is coming from a family with a fucking dominating dad my dad's 74 retired yeah sitting in his fucking apartment smoking and watching tv and probably watching this podcast because he watches all the podcasts i know he's telling me that last right? time i talked to him right but like he's still dominant as fuck yeah like i i'm now like look dude come on yeah but i also learned like Okay, I got to accept him too if I want a relationship. And I do for now. Yeah. But I'm not afraid. You know, you can't be too reliant on anybody, even your own parents, because sometimes they aren't in your best interest. Luckily, we didn't have that situation. Yeah. But, you know, but like, dude, that's a beautiful thing, man. That yeah. he realized that before he passed. I know he, he would be, he's going to be, and if, he, if they are watching this movie, because maybe they're just kind of in the background watching we just don't know because then it would spoil it for us if we knew they were watching well do you remember what you told me when i texted you and told you i had to go back home for the funeral you What'd said I, I hope your dad's get his popcorn ready and you don't know but my dad is upset or was obsessed with popcorn so he's he's got like a popcorn Dude. machine like a caddy in his basement yeah he's and probably i mean look I'm not preaching heaven and hell. I'm not religious, as you know, right. but I, I am like a, a realist that says, fuck, the reality is we don't fucking know. Therefore, yeah. this could be a simulation or or like you do die and go to another dimension and they might be there waiting or it's it's not impossible right. that they're watching us and that he's got a big ass fucking freshly never ending popping machine going <laughs> and he's like, look, and he's like, fuck, do it already, Josh. Oh, he's hesitating. God damn it. Let's go, man. Like, one of the last I love things thinking that way because it kind of motivates you to like, not to jump off a cliff, but like to jump off like, you know, the, the like metaphorical cliff of like, yeah. should I become a photographer? Like, you know, if you can get your mind wrapped around that possibility, that's very motivating. Like, yeah, definitely. If they are, they're probably like not going. No, don't do it. They're probably like, oh, it's okay if nothing that bad is gonna happen. Right. So just go for it. And that's like one of the last things I said to him. I said it in my head to myself, but it was like more directed towards him um, when he was in his casket. I said, "It's gonna be a great movie, so you better have that popcorn ready." Oh shit. You gonna make me cry again, motherfucker? I told you Damn when it. I came back, I was like, I feel so much more inspired and motivated to just go for everything. Me too. No man. holding back. I'm patiently waiting your eruption. That didn't sound right at all. <laughs> I shouldn't ever say that to another grown man. But 
No judgment. <laughs> if that's how you swing, no judgment. <laughs> no judgment at all. I'm just saying, like, I should be careful because that could mean different things. I didn't even think What I mean like is that. your creative eruption. Yeah. Like, because I feel like it, you know, I like to think, I know it's it may not be a movie, but sometimes shit does kind of roll like that when you flow with opportunities and, like, yeah. you definitely love telling a story with photography and, like, this podcast, I think, connects with you. Cause like, and me too, cause I think it's like never ending learning possibilities. Plus yeah. you're teaching other people that want to listen. If they don't want to listen, I have no, no judgment. I'm not like, you're stupid. You're not listening to all our great advice. Right. You don't, there's no, you make your own rules. Yep. You, you can be like, I don't want to listen to that shit. I'm happy. Whatever. Eating Cheetos yeah. and watching TV. If that works. I'm not judging that. Some people just go, shit, I wish I could like write that book or whatever they want to do in this game. And I think there's a way to get there. Yeah. You know, so like, I love that. I th I don't know. I think this happened not for, I don't like to think it was for a reason because, you know, random shit happens in this game all the time. All but the time. I just feel like if you're lucky enough to be alive, to stay alive, there's always a way to navigate with whatever's going on because there's always opportunities yeah. in every moment or every situation to grow or, come up with the next big idea, whatever, the next thing you're going to manifest. Yeah. And I just have this feeling that this like hiatus was like the, f the foreplay to your eruption. <laughs> like you're kind of like been away be from the crazy. game. You're getting a little hungry and you're, but you've been like doing photography, probably just heart from the heart. Yeah. Like just reconnecting with, Cause you can be like, I don't need to fucking shoot. So I'm going to take pictures of whatever I want. My family. I did and I'll do it how I want. Cause I don't family. really want to hear anybody's and like, Hey, like I'm not, a, you're not, you weren't interested in commercial appeal for right. a while. Cause of, of what was happening. Right. Yeah. And that I just think that also like is an opportunity to reconnect with the artist you are. Yeah, it and was. Then it was. I just think a lot of shit has also evolved since this hiatus with like the whiskey brand, other people joining the team sort of or, or connecting. Shout out Big James. Big big game James manning the the mics and the and the video for the first time. He's a rookie. But don't underestimate Big James worthy, you know what I'm saying? Cause he'll give you a solid ten points, eight rebounds as a rookie first game is what he's done. No drop cameras. I I think the sound is there. So we'll see later. But <laughs> Like the art god, yeah, Jason Lee, the disruptor. Even his name says, "I'm a disruptor." I yeah. love. He loves even disrupting said, people's thinking, man. Even what he said on his his podcast session the other night struck me, and we were talking about it while you were inside, and it was just it was moving. And now it's like I used to, you know, I have goals and stuff like that with photography, but I'm. One of my biggest things is I feel like I'm going to be one of the biggest photographers of my generation. Just because I'm so versatile, I'm so hardworking, and just watch. I see that. Just watch. I'll tell you this with great conviction that there's no fucking reason you, that's not true. Yeah. Other than maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe we all get hit by a bus. Maybe you decide you don't want to be. Maybe you don't want to put the effort in. Right. But I'm telling you, there's no reason that can't be true. And yeah. I see that. You're also like hip. You're young. You video games, skateboarding, wrestling, sports. You 
you kind of connect with uh, pop culture, you know, yeah. but also, you know, you're, you get competitive and you can like uh, obsess over the work, which, you know, you got to have both. Speaking of our bets coming up, just watch. Oh, yeah. Playoff start. How are you guys doing, by the way? Number one in the East. Mm. I like an underdog story. Lakers underdog gonna, story. Y'all are number five. It. Lakers going to take it, man. Y'all are like number 10 in the league. No, seven, I think. We're seven. In the league? In our conference, right? You mean? It doesn't matter, though. It matters. We, we don't get excited about seeds in the playoffs. Just That's watch. Seeds. We got we just healthy toss team those going in and see what grows. Go ahead, got a healthy team going in. But <laughs> as long I as digress. that seven seed grows into a championship, which is going to happen, I think. Man, Lakers also love lo they're lulling everyone to sleep. Man, you're going to make a clip out of this later, and, and we're going to be like, Ricky D told you, nah. and it's going to be six. It's going to be NBA title. Lakers taking a repeat, slapping the league, and everyone going, we did not see that coming. And then the three-peats next. It's no. going to be a three-peat. LeBron's no. got to get that number seven, man. No. He's got to establish his he dominance. He might get it, but it ain't, he ain't getting a two-peat. <laughs> Definitely ain't getting a three-peat. You don't think two-peat? I'm willing to double the bet. With no odds. Wait, for a two-peat? A repeat? Two-peat. Okay. We have a bet for this year. Yeah, we have a bet for who makes it and who wins it. Right. 20, 10 bucks each? 20 10, bucks, bucks, 10, 10 bucks, bucks each. each. Yeah. You want to double that? 20 bucks each? Each level? Like next year? No, this year. Like instead of it being ten bucks, it's twenty bucks each. Oh, maybe like, we'll have to discuss. Right, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but I digress. So yes, go ahead with your story of your relationship with dad. I never had a problem with him as Josh did. Um, Why do you think that is? I don't know. We just clicked. There was like he ended up turning into one of the per people. The actually the only person that I've. I ever talked about my feelings too. Wow. Yeah. So when I joined the military, we were talking every day, every other day. And it kept up for the, you know, four and a half years I've been in. I mean, some, you know, sometimes it was weeks at a time, but anytime I needed advice, I'd just call him and we would just talk for wow. 30, 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. I didn't realize day. that. Yeah. So, so you, I mean, not to like compare, but yeah. you probably are closer to him than Josh was. Yes. I, w I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's like me and my mom. Like It's just a clip. It's a personality fit. Yeah. I think Josh and his dad are like me and my dad where we love each other. But like my brother hangs out with my dad more because mm -hmm. he's he's not just saying as alpha. Yeah. That's not a diss, right? right. There, there's just, it's not good to be too alpha either. It's annoying. It's yeah. They're self-centered more, a little more narcissistic tendencies. Whereas betas or whatever you want to call non-alphas or it's a scale i'm not saying you're not an alpha but you might have been able to like connect with your dad in a way of being more of a supportive part of the team versus the one that wants to lead the charge and when two people want to lead the charge they keep trying to prove to each other that the other one's stupid or you don't know what you're talking about and then i can't not i used to not be able to not say anything to my dad whereas now I'm not looking at it like a weakness anymore. I used to think, well, if I don't stand up for myself, it's a weakness. Now I'm like, look, he's 74. I love him. I'm not going to change him. He's very intelligent. He's well-read. So he's got his point of view. And it's my own insecurity to ha require people to understand me. And I just realized I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need, I need to believe in myself and lead myself.
That was my realization a few days ago, by the way. Instead of making sure everyone else believes in me and supports me. Hey, I'm good enough, right? What? You don't agree with me? That's, it's a problem, man. Even for like leaders or somebody that's trying to be a leader, can't wait for others to support your leadership. You have to lead yourself and believe in yourself. I know that sounds corny. Big realization. Yeah, people Absolutely will follow. True. Yeah, people will follow. Not when you're like, uh, you ready? No. No. Even with my partner, Troy, we both realize that neither one of us are waiting for each other, but we're going together. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, but we're always ready to like lead ourselves anyway. But that was a, you know, that was just something I didn't think about. But like two like pack leaders, even if they're wannabe pack leaders, I don't think they get along as well. No, they'll clash. And that's why probably you and your dad, you just have that synergy, yeah. man. And then and then when he left, we got really close. Because that's like all I had as a male figure. Like Josh is when Josh left. Yeah. When he's uh Josh is a big role model to me, somebody I look up to, always have, always will. And uh I've said it for years. You know, I'm not ashamed to say it. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. And then my Thanks dad for sharing your feelings, Austin. But uh, my dad was my number one role yeah. model. Always looked up to him. He's uh, anything he did was for us. And when my mom and dad split, he was living in his car for a little bit. Never skipped a visitation. Always saw us on any means necessary. So like we got really close. And then joining the military, we got even closer because I couldn't see him as much. And then he helped me buy the car. Josh has now. Uh, he, he was like, hey, this motorcycle is a great deal. I know you've been wanting one for a while. Buy it. I was like, cool. I'll send you the money. You buy it and you hold it at your place until I get my license. And uh, my one of my favorite memories is just us riding together while he's on his bike and I'm on mine. We're just cruising down the road. But uh, he, I, I just went to him for everything. Girl advice, work advice. And like anytime I would do something, get an award at work or rank up faster than everybody else. Like he would always post it and he's like, I'm so proud of you. Like you're doing great. Like I can't believe how well you're doing. And then with this passing, it's made me realize like I can still make him proud and I'm still going to make him proud. It's not going to stop me from doing what I'm, I'm doing now. So which actually came to the realization, like when he was still alive, I was thinking maybe I'm going to get out of the military. I'm not sure what I'm doing with my life. And now it's like, I'm I'm probably going to stay in and re-enlist, get my degrees and go from there and see what, what the world has for him. Right? right. Because he saw a vision and I'm completing it better to his liking. So I'm clearly doing something well. And I there are times, I mean, everybody's going to hate their job at some point, like work or just get overwhelmed. There's times where I have that. And then there's times where I'm like, I'm really doing this and I'm I'm damn good at my job. So I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep awesome, having man. fun. That's, that's great. Take his confidence and, and like apply it to what you yeah. want to do. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. I was just thinking too that like because Josh and your dad clashed and are so similar that Josh is like a big part of that like need that you have. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's probably why you guys get along so well because you guys are synergistic just like you were with your dad. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool thing, man. And for whatever it's worth, you know, I think I relate to your dad a lot. So if you ever need like an older man's advice, like definitely don't hesitate, man. Gotcha. I know that we're not at that level maybe, but Josh knows I mean it. 
Yeah. You got and a lot more like, hair than he does. See? And I got more hair. Yeah. That doesn't well, is that a translate. Man? That doesn't translate <laughs> into wisdom. <laughs> is is but, that is that what we're going on? It's for a well, If I'm being insecure, yes. If I'm being <laughs> honest, probably not. <laughs> but I'll take it. Yeah. Um but uh and it would be my pleasure, man, honestly. Josh knows that because I just really like selfishly love I don't know, supporting people, man. Like yeah. helping them get to their most fulfilled plus is better for me. Mm-hmm. The more happier happy people are out there, the more they treat everybody better. And we're all connected in some indirect seven degrees of separation anyway. Yeah. So I just like, I enjoy doing that, man. Like, I don't know if we need to wrap it up, but if we do, I do want to say know, like, what time is it? It's I, what time do you guys got to wrap it up? Uh, 2.30, Oh, okay, so we got time. Yeah, yeah, just so I can set up. We got to be out of here yeah. at 3. We have Well, I still want to say, and I'll maybe say it again, that, like, I just appreciate you guys. I told you earlier, but you guys coming on, like, this soon and talking about your dad and, how, like, what you went through and what it meant to you. Like, I didn't realize, Austin, how close you were with your dad, too. Yeah. That's, like, wow. You know, I understand, like, how devastating that could be because... It's like, it's not even just because it's your dad. It's, he was a huge part of your everyday life. Yeah. And we, we, Josh and I talk about that. Like, let's say somebody's parent passed away, but they never see them or really know them. It's not going to impact you as much, right? Yeah. It's like a, a best friend died. Yeah. And your dad. Yep. For both of you. Yeah. Really. Except even though you talk more often. Well, he was, you know, he, Austin can't say the same, but he was the only family member to come to the West Coast to visit Ah, man, nobody's ever visited me. But it's like, it's just, you know, he always... Well, we are in L.A. and you're in Sacramento. It's yeah. kind of a logical choice. We are the spot, you know? I hate But like, LA. he always, he always, he never wavered in showing how much he loved or was proud of his kids. Always. Like I was saying, like, he was at every wrestling match, every single wrestling tournament coaching from the sidelines on every match like he would sit on the mat not in the circle but on the mat coaching next to our coach who's sitting in the chair coaching like he recorded every single one would let us watch it create highlight tapes for us like he was so proud of us and everything that we did like he was the first one to buy prints from me when i opened the print store for photography hung them up in his office hung them up in the house like he's always been so proud of us and uh, like we can't be more appreciative of that like i know a lot of parents that are just like oh yeah i'm proud of you good job like but they don't really care right like or show it you know yep and he his entire facebook if you look at it was just us always us he's a very selfless person yeah helped anybody you could oh yeah so. you know i told you the yeah. free birthday massages right. the cancer massages right Speaking of, I started that birthday thing. Yeah, because yeah. your dad would give like free massages to cancer yeah. patients, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And free for anybody on their birthday. Yep. And you're gonna continue that legacy. I am. That's pretty fucking cool, yep. man. And people are like, "Oh, is this just for this month?" And I'm like, "I had to make another story post, and like, this will be a forever deal as long as I am taking photos." And people are like, oh, my God, I love this. Like, this is this is incredible. And, you know, not a lot of people because I have, you know, two separate Instagram accounts and not a lot of people on my business page know of the passing of my father. So a lot of people reached out. They're like, oh, my God, like, I had no idea. Like, and I was like, I didn't expect people to know or let alone like 
care that much. You know, it didn't affect me and how I went through things or I don't need people to be like, oh, my condolences. Like, I, I get it. You know, passing is hard for everybody. And but to see the positive reactions from what I was doing and keeping his legacy alive was just like, I'm definitely doing the right thing by doing this. So it feels good. You know what you could also add to that? What's up? Just an idea to like you give that away in honor of your dad and you don't maybe want to advertise that so much but maybe there's also like a portion of like whatever you make goes to whatever charity he was like you know yeah definitely. passionate about or in his or maybe your start you start a foundation in his name because he was such a because really i also hear that he was a philanthropist too yeah. like maybe he wasn't like bill gates right. philanthropist level but like that's only because he has money it doesn't that yeah. doesn't you know measure the integrity of the man so maybe i just think that's a because i think it would be cool for people to know your story that way yeah. without you you know like doing it for commercial reasons right. but if you started like a foundation for your dad and yeah. donated a portion of that to causes that you and your brother decide are something your dad would support whether it's cancer you know organizations like children's hospital yeah and you just do an amount you can afford maybe as you get bigger you, you make that more but like it's also tell me it tells me your story without you telling me your story you know yeah. those, those tiktok things like yeah. tell me your story without telling me your story i don't know but the no, fact definitely. that you do that i'm like oh that's so cool like this guy has got like integrity uh, i want to work with a photographer that has integrity that has like feelings and is like doing something special to help people in need that and he's yeah passing that on from his dad so that tells me you're a family person like yeah. it tells me so much about you without you going hey i'm josh and i came to la and i'm which yeah. is a great that's a it's a great story but like actual actions speak louder than words man absolutely like absolutely. this birthday thing this cancer i don't know if you're doing it for cancer patients too uh, I'm doing it I think well, once the a month. You should do a cancer shoot. Yeah, I've been looking into different like foundations I can reach out to and stuff like that. And we'll like see imagine what... Children's Hospital, and you go with a makeup artist, a friend of yours that you could find through free, yeah, or even just go with free. Free would love to do something or a rhythm or bro. Yeah, the, rhythm art god. All these guys yeah. are gonna be like Josh. Let's go. Tell me when rhythms like whenever you want. Like when we're we're about to do the home like kind of homeless. Uh, uh, give backs right yeah. and go out there maybe interviewing buying them dinner if they like maybe some clothing a little makeover you should be part of that too but yeah, totally what if you did the cancer thing for your dad because i know that was like important for him yeah right uh like i said imagine a kid getting a photo shoot and then you bring like some cool ass wigs and a makeup artist that can do wonders and they get to see themselves as a fucking superstar Maybe you go outside and, and, and get some outdoor shots and dress them up so they can't see that they're hooked up. Yeah. And they get to see like beautiful vision of themselves. And maybe it also helps them get better. Yeah. Because they're like, wow, I could, I might look like that one day. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. It's something I've been looking into. We'll see, you know, once. That's taking your art form to another level. I'm not saying to do it for the money, but hey, that's gonna, that for... investment of your time. I don't know how to calculate it. There is no way, but no. it's going to, if you can invest the time, because yeah. got to make ends meet. 
course. But to me, like the birthday, giving away a free birthday photo shoot out of the goodness of your heart as to dedicate to your dad and, you know, forever and maybe doing cancer shoots or what anything like that, that you're able to like invest your time into yeah. for genuine reasons and then get other people involved. Like you're going to be, a, that's going to be maybe the stepping stone to your greatness, whatever that is for you. You want to be like a really well-known so you could spread your beauty and your art then I feel like that could be a great stepping stone, a higher purpose. It's always yeah. about a higher purpose to people, I think, especially nowadays. Not like, a, it doesn't have to be religious, but like, hey, I want to, what do you want to do with your photography? Right. Tell stories and, and impact people's lives and give back. Yeah. What a beautiful way to way. give back, to give someone a vision of what they could look like or feel. And then, you know, I don't know. No, it's it's amazing. It's I think cool. like after the storm settles, like yeah. obviously a lot's going on right now with, you know, not only my career, but my personal life. So once, like I said, I've looked into certain things like that, like foundations and stuff that yeah. I could give back to. But, you know, I'm definitely going to look into it and we'll see what the future yeah. holds. It's just an idea. Exactly. If it grows, idea. you'll do it Yeah. in your mind. And if not, you'll figure something else out of course. that you're passionate about. I do want to say, Austin, and maybe it's a question for you and then for Josh, because maybe he sees it from a different perspective. Do you really think you love and are passionate about what you're doing and what you're going toward? Or you think you feel like, well, not everyone, you're, are you rationalizing it? Like, oh, well, not everyone likes their job, so I'll just, it's okay. Like, is it really like you're like, oh my God, I like re-enlisting, is that yeah. doing it for your dad? Or is that because you want to make him proud? Or are you doing it for you? to do whatever the fuck you want right. in this game that you only get one, pr probably only one chance to do. Yeah. So, um, there are times where I, I, I've thought about this, like, uh, I enjoy being a mechanic on planes, but sometimes it gets too much to where I don't enjoy it. Why? Uh, it's the manual labor, the hours, like we're working 10, 12 hours a day for five days a week, sometimes weekends deployments tdys we're going everywhere sometimes it's like it's not for me but the overall job itself i enjoy i like being part of something bigger than myself so i work on spy planes so they they help out you know a bunch and when i was in korea i was getting to see what we were doing and what the mission was and it was fantastic i felt like there's a higher purpose here and i'm contributing to it and we're doing big things so and they get does that get you like excited yeah like it got me yeah like if you were to like if you were to have a metaphor for like your attraction for females i'm assuming or males or whatever it is is it like oh wow yeah or you're like oh that's cool no nah, it's like starstruck okay that's yeah. awesome i think that's what you want to feel yeah even if parts of the job are grinding that's okay yeah because that's how everyone like you said everything's yeah. a grind which is exactly why you should do what you love because you're not going to make it. Right. Because you're going to like get ground down to nothing and yeah. just be a shell of a person. So that's cool. Okay. I didn't think. And under the military, like it's almost like the state, that stage gives you those big, because where else can you be part of something that fucking wild? Right. A spy fucking plane. I mean, you could go do something like that somewhere else, but it probably won't be as exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, the military and eventually work for other like commercial contractors too. I, I mean yeah, I, yeah have, I actually have a job offer 
for a contractor, but I don't know if like I'm going to take it. Yeah. yeah. Military contractor. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. But, um, yeah, that might be down the road. Who knows? Yeah. I was offered the job. I just have to send in a resume. But, but that would take you off this path. Yeah. It would, it would put me on a different path, but I don't, I'd have to, I'd have to sit down and internalize everything and think about yeah. it and see weigh the pros and the cons. But like, I don't, I know for a fact, I don't want to work on airplanes the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a mechanic the rest of my life, which is why I'm going, I'm using the Air Force as a stepping stone for school to get my cybersecurity bachelor's and pursue a, a profession. And what's your graduation. ideal company? What's your ideal work situation later on? Like 20 years from now? Are you, do you have your own company? You have a cybersecurity company? I've thought Are you of- working for like just a huge, awesome skateboarding company that needs cybersecurity? Like what's your passion? Like, where do you see yourself? If you had, if Probably, you could like design it. Yeah. So I have two. Probably working cybersecurity for the government or building a company. So my buddy is uh, IT right now. And we talked about it in the past about starting a company together where he does all the IT and I'm more cybersecurity on that side. And for for anything it needs to be, just starting as a company and sell our product. But I'm not sure. I don't like to think 20 years ahead because I'd, I'd like to internalize what's happening now and see what I want to do now. I'm the same way as you. I don't want to, but I it's just based on now, yeah. if you had to envision it, because it's like a clue, mm-hmm. you're not going to get to whatever you envision. The meaning you're going to get to some alternate version of that because yeah. opportunities will come that you didn't even know. Yeah. You might even be go, go way bigger. It's just having that direction gives you like a focused, it gives you like a focus and you're not like s- distracting yourself with uncertainty. I mean, you should be always questioning it because yeah. maybe there's another opportunity. So yeah. a job comes, I like to go, hmm, I don't know, what is it? Right. What are the pros and cons? Yeah. But are you shortchanging yourself? Always investing yourself? So like, which one are you investing more in yourself, I guess? I just had this vision I'm going to share. Maybe it's nothing. But I was like, oh, you could probably make a killing in like uh, military cyber, like being a military cybersecurity vendor. Like, yeah. a, like your own company with your own brand, but you work with different military organizations for, you know, whatever cybersecurity services they happen to need that you guys end up being like so fucking good at because you're probably going to, you have a niche maybe. Or yeah. Since you're already in military, you like it. It's like, it's a barrier to entry for most people because you're already, you know, you're you're an insider, but you have cybersecurity experience and a degree. Yep. You like the excitement of like government because... It involves like military defense. It's a big deal. You can't fuck it up. Like you like that adrenaline rush. Absolutely. You don't want to work for McDonald's. Nope. Got it. We'll never, I'll (laughs) never work for retail. We've never had a job in fast food. Neither of us. No. Oh, you don't like retail. Oh, well, I can't. I I was a cashier. (laughs) I was a cashier at a grocery store. Absolutely hated it. Me too. Was accused of stealing multiple times. So, yeah. I mean, those are like, everything's a stepping stone. Yeah. Sometimes it's not exactly the stepping stone that directly gets you, but it's like, okay, avoid that stone in the future and you go a different way. <laughs> yeah. But it's all part of it. Sometimes getting a job, like Cody just got his first job, Hollister. Oh He's my probably goodness, gonna crush, that's so dude. spot on. <laughs> so spot on, dude. He really thought it through. I'm like, try to, I know these limited, but try to get a job that fits you yeah. versus what I did. I just fucking applied to everything. Yeah. I never... 
I was so ignorant that even I think till my late 30s when I it hit me because I would like, oh, I don't really enjoy my career, so I'll just apply for what's going to pay me to support my family, right? I never was like, oh, I don't like this. I never looked at the company or the leadership till like my late 30s, and now I'm like, that's everything. Yeah. Unless you got to feed your family, and then yeah, get the whatever you can. But like, if you have a choice, like Cody, spot on with yeah, Hollister, right? He's probably gonna do really well. But I told him like, even if you don't, it's just gonna give you more information about maybe what you don't want to do. Yep. No, maybe absolutely. you'll go, Jesus, I hate this clocking in, clocking out stuff. And you would never know that if you hadn't tried it, right? I worked for American Eagle for five years. Hated every minute of it, but I needed that paycheck. And you learned, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very important. I, I wasn't corporate back. for 20 plus years, hating it. Yeah. Now I always think that's like my Nelson Mandela era where he was like in jail for 27 years. Right. And that was like, in, I mean, I had freedom, so I can't complain, but it felt sometimes like I was in jail. Yeah. It's like it you're does. reporting to like a jail cell every morning that you don't want to be in and you're not motivated and you're psychologically too. If you don't understand, I didn't really understand it. I thought, well, this is normal. What's wrong with me? No one likes their job. That's what I was told. Nobody likes their job. Suck it up. And I did. I'm good at sucking it up. That's a good skill to have. But then I was like, shit, I guess I probably could do more than, then the reason I asked you is like, I know you could do, you could do whatever you are passionate about. Yeah. You'll be successful. You don't have to like be a billionaire. I don't think everyone, everyone doesn't have to be a billionaire too. Like if there, if we were all billionaires, then there would be no billionaires. Right. But the point is to do something you like and can be successful in, like make a living. And if shit, if you become a million billionaire doing it, fuck yeah, that's lucky you. Yeah. But like, you know, it seems like you're going down the right path, man. Why? What do you think, Josh? Because about him? Yeah. Like, do you think he he's going down a path that isn't maybe? No, nah, I best? definitely like. I ask him all the time, or tell him all the time, like you know, if you want to reenlist, reenlist, do what you want to do, but just make sure you're doing what you love. I was like, nothing could ever compare. Like, you know, we saw dad doing what he loved. He used to take his massage table to people's houses before he had his own like place to do it. And, you know, I'm doing what I love and it, it's definitely a grind, but it you see it pays off. And yep. so I reiterate to him all the time. I'm like, just do what you love. Like if that's having someone tell you what to do, by all means, find someone to tell you what to do. If that means sitting at a desk for nine hours a day, sit at a desk for nine hours a day. Do whatever is going to make you happy and bring you the the most fulfillment in life. And I can't preach that enough, you know. Do you think he's doing what makes him happy, in your opinion? I think so. I don't think I've ever seen him smile so damn much. You haven't seen him what? Smile so damn much in his entire life. Doing what he does Yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we talk about the military. Like, we used to talk when he was in Korea, and he would tell me, oh, I hate this, I hate that. Like, But like he just said, like, when he was there, he hated it. But now that he reflects, he's like, oh, I love it. Like, I would go back in a heartbeat, you right. know. He even tried to go back, and they told him he can't, you know. So I definitely think he's doing what he loves. And Austin's the one, the type of person that kind of needs direction. And having, you know, being in the military and having a superior and, you know, that definitely pays into what he wants and needs. Mm -hmm. And if he can find a route into cybersecurity and work for the NSA, then I think he's going to. And work. by the way, I want to, I think it's important to say 
for Austin and anyone else in his situation that it's totally okay to be part of a team instead yeah, of thinking of absolutely. it like I'm a follower. Yeah. It's a team like, and then on a ship, a ship is a team. Like if you have a ship, yeah, I just look at like, I like to think of it as like a pirate ship yeah. type of thing, but you only have one captain. You can't all be captains. That wouldn't work. So it's not that the captain is like more important than you. It's just that that's where he fits best looking through the fucking telescope and, you know, hardy hard. I don't know, singing yeah. to every, the crew. Every yeah. captain needs yeah. a support role. And then you might need some motherfucker down in the engineer room that's like a freaking genius engineer manning that big engine. And the captain would be like lost doing that. It doesn't make it more important. Nobody's Absolutely. more important. And then if you don't have everybody rowing, and some people might have like a fucking broad ass back and they fucking, ooh, they love it. So... Exactly. You put you know the engineer there because he doesn't have a strong whatever it's it's not about being i just want to put point that out and i talk a lot about like hey college isn't for everyone and military is not for everyone but it is for some yeah and i always say like don't let it use you but if it's if it works for you in terms of like where you think you want to go because you're not going to know for sure if the gut's telling you this feels right then and like for whatever it's worth, I don't really know you, but I've gotten to know you for the last hour and a half. I think you're on the right path. And Josh I knows think so. I'm the type to say, dude, I think you're making excuses. Yeah. I think you're like, I think it's just like you said, you've got some stepping stones because how long do you reenlist for? It's four or six years. Okay. So, okay. So like you may not like all the tactics things you have to do and all the tasks that are required with this next four to six years mm -hmm. but you're going to be learning shit and getting your degree and after that four to six year like amazing experience that will come with i'm assuming you're going to get to travel you're going to get yeah. to work on different projects get exposed to like things that you're excited about i guess right so then after that dude you can basically like step out. you can either go back stay in the military and they're like look how about we make you an officer or whatever the hell? And you're like, fuck yeah, dude. And you yeah. get to work with all the cybersecurity vendors. and Or you go, nah, I'm ready to like go make my brand, my identity known. Me and my partner are going to go make a cybersecurity company. We'll be back. And they'll be yeah. like, fuck yeah, dude, because you kicked ass. Come on back. We'd love to like give you our, give our business to you, whatever. And yeah. even if he took that route, I really think he would be successful in owning a business. Like, We've seen the entrepreneurship from my father. And like right. that was very driving. Like my dad, like I said, he owned his own restaurant at one point. And it was a hit until he was running it with his brother. And right. you don't do business with yeah. family. And by then, <laughs> but, Josh will be a famous photographer, content creator. Like, by the way, those guys that you saw quickly, it's this marketing firm that's just expanding to, to LA that me and Troy are blown away by. They killed it in the UK really quick over four years they are considering like basically taking us on as their first cus customer and expanding here. Oh, wow. And they're really like a content creation powerhouse. They're like, they have amazing content, like still and video. Yeah. And they are good at the strategy behind whatever campaign, including social media market, you know, your website, paid ads, and looking at the holistic like marketing approach on your identity. I'm saying it because they have like a hundred, 
I guess they have like a network of like 150 photographers in LA. Oh, wow. And I, I didn't want to like say it then, but I'm just saying you're going to start doing more elevated stuff. And by the time you start your business, then you're going to be that content creation arm. Who knows what you're going to do, man? Yeah. yeah. You know, because if you do go on your own, then it's going to be all about building that amazing team. And this next six years of your life, like network, learn from others, learn from their mistakes, type of people you want to work with, you know, the type of character that you like. Yeah. You're just going to get more because like, I've told Josh, Josh this a lot of, uh, for, uh, for a long time. People may look at me because I'm older and think, oh, like you're, you know what you're doing, let's say, but like it's an ongoing learning process even till now. So the more learning you can do, if you're, as long as you're being challenged in your job and it's taking you to where you want to go, it's going to be, it's not going to be a waste of time. Yeah. Like I was never as prepared for what I'm doing in business today you know, than I am now. Even a year ago, I needed that. This last year was like an ass kicker. And like, I needed that, dude. Even though it was like at the time, like, oh my God. Yeah. What am I doing? This is so hard, you know. So it's all going to lead you to better and better things. We got an interesting life ahead of us. Yep. I'm excited. Likewise. Yeah, dude. Thanks for uh, sharing and being open. Course. what would be your best advice that you can give like maybe a young person or anyone try to figure their shit out or like what has been the best advice in your life so far or that's gotten you through um i could say be as uncomfortable as possible and i well, mean that in the fact that Growth happens when you're uncomfortable. And if you can always put yourself in uncomfortable situations, I don't mean on the verge of dying. I just mean like, if you want to start a company, just go start that company. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a learning experience, but you're going to change and adapt and grow into this person you never thought was even possible to become. So be as uncomfortable as possible. Love that. What do you think, man? Probably don't let doubt tie you down. Love that. T-shirt. It's a good T-shirt. It's a good T-shirt. <laughs> should make it. We got Leia doing that. Ugh. Our little sister. She makes like T-shirts and stickers yeah. and stuff like that. So there you go. There you go, man. Yeah. There's your first brand. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Bro. Awesome, man. Appreciate it, man. Question everything. Of course. I think that's my best advice. Question everything. I like it. I like it. That way yeah. you'll find better answers maybe. Yep. Because there's so many things to learn. Can't, it's not one thing, but that principle really like set me on a path. Good stuff. Once I saw the crack in my belief system where I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like in my early 20s, that's what that crack kept widening, but it took a long time. Right. Yeah. And like, oh, maybe I'm not, I don't have relationships figured out. Maybe I don't have communicate all of that, man. Or how I'm looking at life. I questioned everything. As you, you know? Even my time in traffic, like I used to hate being in traffic. Now I'm like, no, I just flip it. So I questioned my like automatic response. And then once I figured out what was causing it, I'm like, oh, like that's not really true. I should just take advantage of my quiet time here. Why am I getting upset? Why am I winding? My it was all just, you know, figuring out the equation. Yeah. Something plus something is equaling some shit that's happening to you. You can just go, if you're willing to look at it and question it, 
you can go, oh, what if I make X this thing? Yeah. Would I still be upset? And do I want to be upset? And simple as that, man. Yeah. The answers are there. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you very much for this. Yeah. This was it. amazing, man. Indeed it was. When are you coming back? You hate LA, you said. You might be coming back in two months. Oh, don't get me started. You know what, though? I, I, I'll admit I used to hate LA. I told myself I hated LA because I focused on the negatives. Like, dude, I used to come home from traffic and tell my ex, I fucking hate it. We're leaving this fucking piece of shit city two and a half hours in trap. Never feel that way anymore. Yeah. I'll just be on the call on a call for two and a half hours and reconnect with an old friend. I will I refuse to let traffic get the best of me. Mm -hmm. That's I just flipped it, man. Yeah. Good shit. Crazy, dude. But maybe you'll come to love LA. Because LA is so it, it's so like uh uh diverse. Yeah. yeah. You can I find mean, your people in LA. Yeah. There's like micro communities. But overall, it's a little bit like cold and you know, overwhelming and, and overwhelming yeah. and, and, and a little bit calculating because people are trying to get ahead and it's expensive and it's crowded. So you don't have that neighborly feeling. So I agree with that, man. I love the small town feel sometimes, but but then L.A. is just so diverse, dude. I think, I think where I live is pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. Sac's not too bad. I like Sac, man. You know, like I have friends that live there. Yeah. You got San Francisco right there. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not as diverse, but. It's it sort city of feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a small town in the boonies or anything. Yeah. It's not a black hole. It's a lot better than it's a dark. It's a gray hole. Yeah. It's a gray. <laughs> All right. All right, cool, man. Well, we could do this again because it was yeah, very enjoyable. Definitely. I'll be back. This is awesome. I'm probably going to be back uh July fourth weekend. Oh, cool. Oh, you can help me move. We'll do you. something special That's when you're it. back. Knock him out the box, Rick. Knock him out, Rick. Knock him out the box.